I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and we are going to preview the Arizona-Wyoming game on Tuesday night. Uh, you can make, sorry, Wednesday night. Uh, You can make the argument it is one of the more difficult games Arizona has played this season, um, but it is not like a a Michigan-level difficult game. Um, The reality is that Arizona's schedule, for the most part, uh, has been easy, right? Um, In Ken Palm, it's, you know, it's 299. It's it's pretty, you know, weak. (laughs) But there has been um, a few decent matchups in there. When you take a look at Wyoming... And where Wyoming falls, uh, you know, Michigan 10, Wichita State 57, Wyoming would be third. So Wyoming would be the the third um, most difficult game of the season so far, uh, a little easier than Oregon State, so to speak. Um, I've watched both teams, and, and I would say that's, that's pretty accurate. Uh, just for, you know, comparison... Illinois 14, Tennessee 11, UCLA 8, USC 13. That's the span where Arizona's uh, heading much closer to. But um, we'll get to that when the time comes. But Wyoming is an intriguing team, not because they're necessarily very good. Um, Wyoming is in a similar situation to Arizona. Hasn't played many good teams at all, right? Detroit, Mercy, uh, Washington, Grand Canyon is the best team that Wyoming has faced, beat Grand Canyon 68-61, to um, played something called Hastings, beat Fullerton, Denver, McNeese State. Um, and, and so some of those offensive numbers are skewed a little bit. Um, on Hastings, they went like 28-54 of 54 from three or something stupid like that, basically. But um, overall, you know, I, I like to start and look at Ken Palm. Uh, offensive efficiency for Wyoming is 81 Defense is 154. As comparison, Arizona's 23 and 10. Um, Adjusted tempo, Wyoming is going to slow it down. They're 290th in tempo. Arizona is 14th. Um, Offensively, it actually gets slower for Wyoming. Their offensive possession length is 305. Arizona is third. And then defense, which is interesting, um, Arizona actually forces longer defensive possessions. Um, Effective field goal percentage, Wyoming is 32 on offense. Arizona's 31, so they're close. Um, And defensively, Arizona's 1 and Wyoming is 5, so they're pretty close. Turnover percentage is very interesting. Um, Wyoming is 15th. Arizona is 62nd. But defensively, Arizona is 51st. And Wyoming is 337. Does not force turnovers. Um, Wyoming is not a good offensive rebounding team. Uh, They do get to the line at a pretty good rate, not better than Arizona. But Arizona is a considerably better offensive rebounding percentage team. Arizona's 10th. Wyoming is 191st. Um, Three-pointers. 
Arizona statistically is a little better. The difference is that Wyoming is going to put up much more. Two-pointers are pretty close. Uh, Wyoming does not get to the free throw line. They do block shots with their front court. They do uh, get out and force steals. Their steal percentage is actually better than Arizona offensively. Defensively, um, they don't force them, right? And so it's just it's it, it's not very good there. Um, so really, you know, it, it's you take a look overall. Oh, an assisted field goals made. Wyoming isn't there. Like Arizona's number one in the country. Wyoming, um, they're not big on it. So. It's a lot of one-on-one stuff uh, with Wyoming. The big thing here, you know, this game is is relatively easy to figure out. We'll kind of take it through position. Um, to me, there's a couple matchups that are very intriguing. The first one is, and you'll see it um, by the time you're listening to this, probably on our breakdown, is that I listed Dale and Terry as the point guard. Clearly, he's not the point guard. We're not going to pretend like he is the point guard. But he's really the only guy in Arizona that can successfully guard Hunter Maldonado, who will play point for Wyoming. Um, he is 6'7". They have two other guards at 6'4 and 6'5", um, but he's the guy that's going to handle uh, the point for pretty much the majority of the game. The reason being is that he's just, that's the best option at that position, right? <laughs> he's he's pretty much uh, the best option at point guard. And so when you take a look at that matchup, um, the reason there's a lot of intrigue is because, you know, simply put, uh, Hunter Maldonado is is probably uh, the better player. And that's not a knock on Dalen Terry as much as it's a compliment uh, to Hunter Maldonado. He's averaging 19 points, 5.4 assists, 5.7 rebounds a game, shooting 52%. Uh, he is what makes Wyoming go. Um, it's real simple. If he's struggling, if Dalen Terry contains him, um, if Dalen Terry even shuts him down, which doesn't seem likely, but um, if he shuts him down, and the reason I say it doesn't seem likely is, you know, you take a look at last season, he had a little streak where he got cold, but mostly he was in that 12 to, to 15, 17 to 20 point total. But there, there were a few games specifically against San Diego State um, in Nevada where uh, he struggled a little bit. Remember that that schedule also was really weird. Um, they played kind of double headers, and so... Um, you take a look more at this season, and uh, he's taken a jump um, offensively against Washington, 9 for 18 at 24 points, 10 rebounds. Sometimes he will push a little too hard and try to do a little too much, which is when he can turn the ball over and foul a little bit. Um, but for him to play an overtime game against Washington, who I, I realize isn't good, but 44 minutes and only turn the ball over five times, four fouls, um, that's not bad at all. Against Grand Canyon, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists with only 2 turnovers. And the, the unique thing about him is he's actually one of the few guys on Wyoming that isn't going to go out and just chuck 3 after 3. Um, there's there's quite a few guys on Wyoming that are going to go out and shoot quite a few 3s. He's not one of them. If Hunter Maldonado finishes with like 12 points on 5 of 9 shooting or 5 of 11 shooting, uh, Wyoming got blown out. I, I think this is the type of game where Maldonado needs 20. Um, he hasn't scored 20 in three games, four games this year, uh, but he's still been efficient. Like Detroit, he had 19, but he also had nine assists, six boards, and was 7-12. to 12. But I think this is the type of game where he needs to score 20. Now, Dalen Terry isn't needed as much offensively besides his passing ability. He, you don't expect him to go out and score 20 points a game, which is fine. But if he can contain Hunter Maldonado defensively, um, Arizona is in a, a very good position to win this game going away. Now, 
as I mentioned, Dalen Terry is obviously not the point guard. Uh, Kirk Creasa is. I put Kirk Creasa on a Xavier Ducell. Um, there's a, a chance he guards Drake Jeffries, um, but I, I assume he's going to guard uh, Ducell. Ducell's a, a weird player um, in the sense that you don't really know what you're going to get. He's very inconsistent. Had 15 points and played well against Washington, but then didn't do anything at all against Denver. Um, literally did, did not score uh, against Denver. So uh, you really don't know what you're going to get from him. Um, you do wonder if there's going to be a, a little extra motivation from the uh, from the Scottsdale kid, right? And, and so maybe he's got friends and family that'll be at the game, whatever. But um, he's pretty similar to what he was last season. In 25 games last season, he played 24 minutes, shot 45% from three. Doesn't really do much else um, besides, you know, come in and, and hit a couple threes. And, and you know, it, it's, it's like I said, if he's one of these guys where if he's hot, you're in trouble. And if he's not, you know, like Denver, he took six shots from the field. They were all from behind the arc. Didn't make any. Zero points. Um, he had a game against Hastings, you know, whatever that is. <laughs> six for ten from three. Only took 11 shots total. His field goal attempts are going to come from behind the arc. Washington was probably the biggest deficit there where he was 5 of 11 from the field and only took six threes. And not coincidentally, it was one of his better games of the season with 15 points. He wants to take threes. All right, and he's encouraged to take threes in this offense. And Kirk Risa is going to have to keep his eyes responsible in order to make sure that those threes, um, you know, don't really get him going. And, and you could really say that with with most of this Wyoming team. Like you move on to small forward with Drake Jeffries, and um, you have very rarely seen a kid with stats like this. I, I suggest you go and Google him. Right. So last year he took 155 field goal attempts. 141 were from three. This year, he's taken 52 field goal attempts. 50 are from three. Now, he's shooting 56% from this season, and I think it's safe to say that he's not shooting 56% um, from three this you know, for the rest of the season. He shot 369 last season. Let's say he's still somewhere in between there. 40% um, from three isn't bad. Uh, he does rebound pretty well. He has six rebounds per game. But that's another stat where um, he's asked to rebound more than he was last season. Um, and, and so he's not a guy that's going to handle the ball, right? He's a guy where they're going to run plays, try to get him good looks. Whether it's Creasa or uh, Ben, they have to be aware of him at all times. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Arizona handles it. My guess is they try to run him off the line as much as possible, but clearly by his stats, he's not a guy that is run off the line. Like, he's going to take his threes and get his shots, whether they're good or bad. Um, you can get a game like against Washington. He had two points where he only took four threes. They did a nice job on him. 36 minutes, only took four threes. Um, against Hastings, he went 11 of 17 from three, all threes. Fullerton, four for six, all threes. Um, six against Denver. Uh, three of them threes, you know, and McNeese State, one for three. All his shot attempts are pretty much going to be by three. Now, when you have a guy like that, he could finish with three points on one of six shooting, or he could finish with 30 points where he gets hot, you know what I mean? And so um, you know, Ben is clearly the better player. He's clearly quicker, more athletic. He's going to be able to guard uh, Jeffries fine. There is no worry about Jeffries off the dribble. Uh, the worry is that, you know, Jeffries goes nuts, gets hot from the field, and, uh, and before you know it, you know, he's kind of gone off, right? And, and so that really, when you think about it, is 
just that it's it's that's Wyoming. Like that's what they do. And and you can pretty much go down the line and, and maybe not with everyone, but they're gonna go out uh, and they're gonna shoot a a crap load of threes. And and if they're falling, they're got a good chance to win. And if they're not, um, you know, they're not great. And and they're a big team at every position. They're ninth in the country in, in average height, you know, and so they're a big team, but they don't necessarily use that height. Uh, the way that most teams, like in Arizona, for instance, would. Uh, Jeremiah Odin is their four-man, 6'8", 200 pounds. So um, not a big guy, not a strong guy, but he's going to go against uh, Azulis Tabellis. And he's another one of these guys where he might shoot the threes, but uh, he's not very good at it. And if he's shooting threes, you're kind of okay with that, right? But he's only going to shoot one or two a game, um, and, and, and he'll get a handful of rebounds. But he's not a really dangerous player. He's not awful. But if he goes and he scores 15 points in this game, that's probably an issue. Like against Washington, he had seven. Fullerton, six. Um, Grand Canyon, he had 12 in that game. They played well. Um, but uh, he's not a guy that is going to go out and, and really be the difference in the sense where, man, like you really got to carry him or watch out for him, right? Uh, just not type, not that type of guy. Uh, the player in Wyoming besides Maldonado and maybe Jake Jeffries with the threes, that is kind of that type of guy, is one of my favorite players so far early in the season watching Wyoming, and that's Graham Ike. He is a 6'9", 252-pound sophomore from Aurora, Colorado. And last year in 12 games, he only averaged 11 points, 5.4 rebounds. So your expectation this season is like, oh, you know, he'll be a little bit improved. No, his numbers have been among the best in the country. In 28.8 minutes a game, that's through eight games, he's averaging 21 points, nine rebounds, uh, an assist. He's shooting 56% from the field. He has been uh, a complete monster this season. His worst game of the season was against Grand Canyon. He had 13 and six, uh, but shot you know six of 13 against Washington. He dropped 26 and 10. He fouled out of that game. Now that's the key with him that that you got to watch out for. He's only had. Uh, two games where he's had less than three fouls. He's not a guy that will probably be able to go out and give you 40 minutes. Um, he played 37 against Denver. He had finished with 35 and 14, but Arizona's not Denver. He has the ability to go to the line quite a bit because of his aggressiveness, but the thing that's intriguing about him is he obviously hasn't played against the center of Christian Coloco's quality. Nate Roberts on Washington isn't Christian Coloco. Um, Christian Coloco is by far the best center that um, Graham has played against, whereas Coloco has already played against, you know, Hunter Dickinson, etc. So there is a lot of intrigue with this matchup because Ike has put up some some stupid numbers in some games, 26 and 10 against Washington, the 35 and 14, the 18 and 10 against McNeese. Um, but if you take a look, you know, turnovers, five against Washington. He has two games with four. He has a couple more games with threes. Big men should not be turning the ball over at the rate uh, that he is turning it over. He's averaging three turnovers a game um, and three fouls a game, which is quite a bit for a big man. And so he's already, you know, he fouled out twice last season in eight games. He's already fouled out, has a couple texts too, which is nice, uh, my, my type of player. But, um, you know, that's probably one of the more intriguing matchups of the game. Wyoming, though, has no bench, and that's, again, where the fouls come in. Like, if Graham Ike gets in trouble, they'll put in Hunter Thompson, but he's another one of these guys. Like, Hunter Thompson is 6'10", 232, and he's just shooting threes, which is wild. 
Um, he's, you know, at 6'10", 232, you assume that he'd be averaging more than two rebounds a game, but he's not. Against Washington, he played 14 minutes, didn't even get a shot off, and uh, fouled, got four fouls. Um, Arizona, when he's on the court, and really in general, they're going to try to run, and Wyoming's going to do the opposite, take its time, and eventually get itself a three. If Wyoming chooses to go up and down the court with Arizona and take threes in transition, um, they're probably going to get blown out. So it's going to be a, it, it's also going to be a game of styles where Arizona wants to be aggressive. I assume Arizona is going to press. Um, Wyoming doesn't have many great ball handlers. You can force them into turnovers um, in bunches, especially with EK and, and Jeffries and guys that aren't necessarily used to handling the ball. Um, so that's what I assume that, that Arizona wants to do is put the pressure on Wyoming and, uh, and, and kind of get things going there. This game's really, it, it's simple. If Wyoming hits his threes and it's hot, um, like has sometimes happened in McHale, like we've seen before, um, Arizona, you know, it's going to be a longer game than, than it should, right? If Wyoming is cold and Arizona is defending well, uh, this game is a complete blowout. And, and my guess, it's, it, maybe it's a little in between, um, but I, I think Arizona is just the better team than Wyoming. And I think some of those numbers, especially with EK, um, are a little inflated. And that Tommy Lloyd is a good enough coach to figure out what to do with Jeffries and all that. And, and EK, I don't know if they even have to double EK like other teams have. Um, but Wyoming's not an awful team, um, but it's also not the type of team that should beat Arizona. It, it would be a, a pretty disappointing outcome if uh, Arizona um, lost this game. You also got to hope that um, it, it's a test in the sense where, you know, everyone's talking about Illinois and Tennessee and all that. Well, Arizona still has to beat Wyoming. Are they going to be focused um, you know, their game the other day against Oregon State was their first game in a while. Then they're playing one more. You know, are they looking ahead to Illinois at all? Uh, we'll find out. My guess is no. My guess is they're, they're well coached enough not to be, but it is something that has to be a consideration. So at the end of the day, I think Arizona wins like 85 to 70. Um, you know, it could wind up being more if Wyoming's cold. If they're hot, it's less. I know that sounds silly, but um, Wyoming really is very dependent on the three ball. Um, and, and that's going to go a long way in kind of figuring this result out. So with that being said, I'm Jason Shearer. This is the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Appreciate you for joining me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.